0: Welcome to
1: Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today's topic was inspired by my podcast network, Mind, Body, Spirit, FM, and um, their request for all of the podcasters on the network this week to focus on the topic of gratitude. And to be honest, yours truly was going to skip this particular assignment because uh, we did an episode on gratitude back in the first year of the podcast, and it's there for you to find if you want to go back that far. And so I kind of felt like, you know, why revisit a topic that we've already covered. But as I felt into it and thought about it, I was thinking about my own experiences with gratitude and how learning to tune into that which, you know, I already have the joys and the appreciation for life has really been a game changer for me. And I also started to think about where this idea for me and this beautiful connection and practice and understanding of gratitude came from. And that is from my paternal grandfather. And my gramps, as I used to call him or Grandpa Lou, was somebody who had been born into very, 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 very rough circumstances. He was born in Uh, sort of Russia, Poland area, you know, very, very, very poor Jewish background in a time where, you know, people at the time of the pogroms, where the Cossacks were always coming and, you know, basically attacking the Jewish communities. And they didn't have a lot of money. They were, you know, borderline starving. And um, so he came from really rough circumstances. And I remember as a child, Uh, traveling cross-country with my parents and then my grandparents and me in the backseat of the car for hours and hours. We went all the way from Detroit, Michigan to San Francisco. So it was a long drive. And to entertain me, my grandfather used to tell me stories. And I was about five years old. So it wasn't until you know, midway through that trip that I recognize that these difficult, crazy stories, like a young boy is going to the hospital and and you know, taking his sick brother to the hospital and it's in a blizzard and the Cossacks come and they steal their horse and they leave them with a broken down horse and, you know, all these <laughs> very dramatic things. And I don't want to put this energy into your space, beautiful listeners, but sometimes life can be a little bit challenging, or in my dear grandfather's early days, a lot of it challenging and a lot of bit traumatic. So I remember as a child, hearing all these stories and whew, realizing about midway through that trip at five years old that these were not fiction or things that he was just making up. And I remember that left a lasting impact on me. So, you know, you think that somebody that came from such a rough background, such a difficult you know, early set of circumstances. You know, you think someone like that might have been embittered for life, but this was not my grandfather. Mm-mm, not at all. He was someone who really took those early experiences of lack, those early experiences of fear. Those early experiences of not being loved, not being wanted, right? Being attacked just for being who you are. All of these really difficult early experiences that he had. My grandfather managed to turn around in a lot of respects and turn it into great gratitude for everything that he had. Everything that he had. And one of my most potent memories of my grandfather was just the great gratitude and appreciation he had for all facets of his life. Now, were there uh, collateral damage and things that, you know, were tough in his adulthood that, you know, probably traced back to childhood? Absolutely. He worked his pants off to support his family and in some respect probably worked himself to death, right? That was probably coming from that fear of poverty, right? And never wanting to go back there and wanting to make sure that nobody else He's telling me this now that nobody else in his orbit ever felt the way that he had felt or his family had felt as a child, <sighs> right? And I also remember my beautiful grandfather could not leave a morsel of food on any plate ever, right? So as a little child that ate, quote unquote, like a bird, <laughs> if I would not finish my children's meal, my dear Gramps would have to do it. He simply, having grown up starving, could not stand to see food uneaten. And I understand that, right? Because there is that deep, deep, deep memory of there truly not being enough. But a lot of what my grandfather taught me was really beautiful. And he really taught me about something that I I am so very grateful for. (laughs) And the topic is gratitude. Go figure. He really, really taught me about how to have this deep appreciation for everything in life. And he's telling me now it was because he experienced that early lack and that he learned early on that you had to find joy anywhere and became quite good at doing it right, and the laughter anywhere, and he's telling me to tell a story, so I'm gonna in a minute, that he parlayed that into a whole way of life. And he said that was his life blood. He was so grateful for his family. He was so grateful for every morsel of food on the plate. He was so grateful for all the love he experienced. He was so grateful for the chirping of the birds in the morning. And he said, this is how I carved out space for myself and my soul in my very own life. And I love that, Gramps. So he wants me to tell you this shark cookie story because he says this is a really good example of how he and his siblings, but especially him, learned to find peace and space and beauty, even the most difficult experiences. And he really wants you all listeners to know about this. And I've, I've only heard this secondhand, so I've never actually heard this out of my grandfather's lips. So this is really cool. So the story as I heard it, and Gramps, since you are with us right now, you tell me if I'm getting it wrong he says he doesn't say go ahead he says let's see so the story that i heard is that i understand that when they came over from europe they were in like poland and russia but i think they um came over actually from france you know they went on the big you know transatlantic boat And they were in steerage in the lowest class. So, if you ever remember Titanic, the people at the very bottom of the boat, that was my grandfather. And it was pretty rough going. It was pretty rough going down there. And, you know, basically people simply just had enough money to book passage. You know, there wasn't really food. It wasn't really warm. You know, you might not have blankets. It was ratty. You know, the rats are all down there at the bottom. It was not the smoothest way to travel across, you know, an ocean. Though my grandfather says they were used to living that way, this was particularly difficult. And it was a particularly harsh experience. And the story goes that my... Oh, he's telling me I don't even have it right. (laughs) The story that I heard... Goes that his mom made cookies to eat on the passageway. And though that they were starving, the cookies were so bad and so inedible um, that they ended up, as soon as their mother looked away, they would feed them to the sharks. And though they were starving, you know, they didn't eat these cookies. They just gave them to the sharks and they called them shark cookies. (laughs) My grandfather is laughing, so I want to get the whole story. And what he's saying is, okay, that was a story heard from my grandma. So he's saying it a different way. He said, at a certain point, the food that they had brought became inedible. became inedible. And you know, my understanding is these are people that ate. he at times in his life ate tree bark, he ate raw potatoes, right? Like so inedible was a very low bar for him when he was a child. Okay. Um, But he said at a certain point, the cookies became almost inedible. And yet they didn't want to upset their mother and let her know that they were past the point of edibility. And they were all just sort of trying to pretend that they still had something to eat. And so he said the shark cookie joke was their way of making light and joy of a situation that was really, really difficult and what he wants to share and I want to get this from him is that light can be found anywhere he said my belly was empty he said that there was enough food so they were not actually starving but he says that (laughs) that's even different this is even a different story what he says is the story of the shark cookies was that they were able to find enough to turn down those cookies and he said that was a joy oh I love that so he said this shark cookie story was a joy because he's telling me now wow I didn't know this at all that that was their first little taste of abundance because there was actually enough to eat on the ship wow Well, that alone is worth the price for me of this episode because that's not how I interpreted that story at all. And he said, yes. He said that was one of the first times that we were able to say this isn't good enough. He says, is the food on the ship, was it plentiful? No. Did you have to have your own? Mostly, yes. But they had had zero food supply ever. So potato peels and shared food from other people, he said, was his first taste of abundance. Wow. It was one of his first tastes of abundance. And he said they still ate some of those shark cookies too. (laughs) It was just the really bad ones that they threw over. The really moldy ones, but to be able to feed the sharks, he said, was an honor. It was an honor. All right, so we're going to let the shark story... Go. All right. But what I remember so much from my beautiful grandfather, and I'm going to release him a little bit, although his energy is with us now. What he's saying is that, you know, he and the guides prompted me to share this story, because it shows you the beautiful power of gratitude and where my grandfather came from. And how he lived his life was a choice that he made to find the good and to find the joy in everything. And my grandfather was also someone who really, really tuned into those simple pleasures. You know, I remember when we we had a house and father was able to purchase a bigger house and that house overlooked a lake. And I remember my grandfather just sitting in a rocking chair when he used to come to stay with me, and just looking out in that lake. and just It wasn't about the ownership. It wasn't about, oh, my son has this big house. I mean, that might have been in his thoughts too, but that wasn't the vibe. The vibe was, wow, this is wonderful. This is what life can be. This is such a beautiful moment, and I'm going to appreciate every second out of it. And that's what my grandfather taught me. That's what my grandfather taught me. He taught me how to enjoy and experience life. And what he's telling me now is in that practice and in what he taught to me and all of the grandkids, because all of the grandkids had the beautiful tutelage of my beautiful grandfather, he passed away when I was nine years old. So I didn't I didn't get nearly enough time with him in this body for sure. And I love you, gramps. But the time that I had, it was golden. It was invaluable. And it absolutely left a lasting positive impact on my life in more ways than I probably even yet know. And I've seen many past lifetimes with my grandfather too. so, So we have a special connection. But what he's saying is, that gratitude, that appreciation of the simple pleasures of life, that seeing all of us with just such admiration and love that he really always did. There was such a great appreciation that my grandfather had for each of us, for our souls. And when you were with my grandfather and when you're spending time with him, you really felt like he saw you inside out. Like I felt like he saw right into my soul. And that's such a huge gift. He says he didn't always have that with everybody at every moment. um, But he does say that he tried really, really hard and just really oriented himself to seeing the good in everyone and everything and bringing that out in others. So, Gramps, I want you to know you definitely managed that with me.
0: Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy With Sound. But back to the idea of gratitude and
1: appreciation and abundance, what he is showing me is the deep appreciation that he felt for what he had made the foundation for future generations abundance. Because on some level, he said that he knew, look. I knew the way that my poverty, that my early experiences were going to bring to this world, to this life, to my family, to my future, right? And as a pretty wise soul, he said, there was always an inkling, and there was always an understanding that my trauma could in fact carry forward to my offspring and to future generations. And though I didn't always understand that with my full and complete mind, you know, I was I was awake enough to understand and to see sometimes and he and he's saying that he sometimes saw similar things happen through his wife Eva Uh, my grandmother, he said, I would see with Eva too, where her limitations, where her own stuff would come out to me, to the kids. And I, I made a very conscious decision that I would always turn towards the light, that I would bring the best of my soul to the equation that I would not as much as I could spread my pain. And he said, it was a very intentional and conscious decision. And though I know he feels sometimes, because we've had some conversations, that he maybe burdened me with you know, some of those early stories, I also think that he gifted me with love. He gifted me with that understanding because he knew that I could look at it, that I could work together with him to heal it and to move forward and to free our family and future generations of the cross that you know we might have otherwise had to bear because of the early, very painful childhood experiences that he had. And he says that his gratitude that he shared with me that he shared with my father, that he shared with his daughter, that he shared with his grandkids was a turning point for many of them to really appreciate their lives. And some of you may know that my very own father passed away about a month ago, and you'll be hearing more about that a little bit soon. I'm still processing, but I'm planning a beautiful episode dedicated to him on Father's Day, so stay tuned to that, and he is with me very much as well. But what my, my grandfather is saying as they stand together in unison is the great, joy and play that my dad managed to manifest in his life. And, and I'm going to talk about that aloud on Father's Day. So again, stay tuned. You know, that came again, from that energy of appreciation. So I wanted to lead with this story about my grandfather because I love my grandfather and because he is the one that taught me appreciation. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of the practices that I learned from him. And they're not really practices. It was just that modeling. And then I want to end the episode by talking about more explicitly why this energy of appreciation and gratitude is not just so important for our well-being, which I talk about a lot in that first episode, if you want to go back, and that's pretty well documented in positive psychology too. When we focus on what feels good already in our lives, right, we increase our sense of well-being. We do, because when you focus on where you already feel good, right, you're back to feeling good, duh. But where we focus on where we already feel good and when we find appreciation for what is, that's also when we are able to align with that great flow of abundance and stream in more and attract more that matches right, our gratitude and our satisfaction and our, our sense of well-being that we experience when we use gratitude in this way. Does that make sense? So we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. But before we do that, or as we do that, I want to share a little bit more about some of the things that I learned from my grandfather around gratitude, because I think that they're just so beautiful and important. One of the things I learned with my grandfather, in addition to the great appreciation that he felt for his family and the way he made us all feel so seen and loved, was just his appreciation for everyday life right? And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite memories of my grandfather was driving to school with him. So every once in a while, my parents would, you know, leave me at my grandparents so they could go do something fun. And I would spend the night at my grandparents' house. And that was always a magical thing because it would mean that my grandfather would drive me to school. And my grandfather was just a joy and a (laughs) joy to be around. And so we would drive to school from his house, which was a little bit further from school, from my house. We would sing songs. Uh, He would, and I'm gonna do a whole nother episode on my gramps too because I just I just can't help myself when I tune into his beautiful and delightful energy but we would sing songs and it would just be amazing but one thing that I remembered that he would always do is there was a beautiful road just about a couple miles from my school with huge mansions that was kind of adjacent to the road that we would take to get to school and he would always want to go down that road on the way to school and he would call it his shortcut. He would say, Well, I'm going to take the shortcut. Except it wasn't a shortcut, right? Because the shortcut is always, we know the fastest way between two points is a straight line. And this was not a straight line. So it was not a shortcut. And the speed limit was probably significantly lower. And, you know, it probably cost us some time. But to my grandfather, it was a shortcut. It was a shortcut because of the beauty and joy that he got from driving down that street, from looking at the abundance of all these beautiful homes. And it was one of the most beautiful streets in suburban Detroit, for sure. It's called Vaughn Road. If you're from the area, you might even know what I'm talking about big, beautiful Tudor-style mansions, and it was really a stunning, stunning thing. And I know that his experiencing that level of abundance, especially where he came from, even though those weren't his houses, right? He didn't live there. I never lived there. No one ever lived there. But the beauty of that, right, it fed his soul, and that for him was a shortcut. And I love the story and this memory so much for so many reasons, because one, it taught me, right? The shortest point between two lines, like isn't always the fastest route, right? The shortcut sometimes is the one that brings us joy, the one that brings us joy, the one that brings us appreciation. Because it is from that sense of appreciation where we experience our own nature. We experience and connect with our own inner well-being. And that is a magical, 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 magical thing. And look, he says now, he's, he's like, if you care to listen. <laughs> Thanks, Gramps. Um, He says, look, life is to be loved. Life is to be enjoyed. Life is to be appreciated. And so when y'all talk about gratitude, he says, don't think of it as some endpoint that you want to accomplish. Right? So, this episode isn't about how to use gratitude to get what you want. Though, if you use gratitude and if you really do tune into gratitude, you may find that it's more easy for you to attract in and manifest all that you desire. So, that's an extra bonus. But don't do it for that reason. Don't do it for that reason. Gratitude isn't a tool. Happiness and well being isn't a tool. Happiness and well being, which comes from gratitude and appreciation, is a way of life. It is a way of life. And it's what we all seek. We all want to feel good. We all deserve to feel good. And when we appreciate what is in that deepest sense, that is one of the ways in which we align with right that well-being, which is our birthright. And the guides say the highest and truest you know, level of our soul here on earth. So appreciation really helps us recalibrate and do that. Now, my grandfather did not teach me, you know, a bunch of practices like you may see on other podcasts and other teachings about, you know, the gratitude jar or what are five things you're grateful for before you go to bed or, you know, sitting down when you wake up in the morning and just knowing all of the things that you're grateful for. I recommend all of those things because all of those things will make you feel good. And, you know, a couple of winters ago, I was having a really rough couple of months and I've, I've talked about that a little bit on the show. And I was having a little bit of an issue, sometimes falling asleep. And one of the things that I would do every night before going to bed was my happy day. And I would tune into all of the things from my day that felt good, right? All of the things from my day that felt good. And the guide said that did a couple of things. One, it helped me remember that even though I was going through a very difficult time, there was still a lot in my life to be grateful for. And even if I couldn't even feel that deep gratitude, though I usually could, just remembering it's there is sometimes enough, right? Just remembering it's there is sometimes enough. We're planting a seed, we're remembering that. And it's not about, right, trying to convince yourself that you should feel good or that you should feel grateful when you feel bad. That's not what gratitude's about. It's not about you should feel grateful because even though you're miserable right now, you have a roof over your head. That's not gratitude. That's just beating yourself up and, you know, arguing with yourself and resisting and telling yourself that you shouldn't feel what you feel. And my beautiful friend, whatever you feel right now is just right. Hold yourself, love yourself, hug yourself. Through all of that, please, i going to give one to myself. However you feel, all those parts, all those feelings are natural and normal. And then, right, while you allow that to be just as it is, you can gradually and lovingly also shift your attention to what feels good and to what's going well. And that's really what the practice of gratitude and appreciation is all about, right? It's about remembering that that is always available to us. Even in the darkest moments, there's always something to feel good about, right? The shark cookies, <laughs> right? Or whatever it is for you. There's always something to be grateful for. (laughs) He's telling me they made like such a big plop. I love you, Gramps. He's like, sometimes there's just, you got nothing left but humor. And he said in those moments when those cookies plopped into the sea, boy, do we have a good laugh. I love you. So my happy day was really helpful because sometimes I could really feel the goodness of everything and sometimes I couldn't. But by documenting it and writing it down, I knew it to be true. So you can try that too. Louise Hay, and I talk about this in the first episode, has a wonderful practice of waking up every morning and you know, just starting your day with gratitude. You know, I love my sheets. I love my bed. I love the sun. I love the heat. I love that I'm breathing. I love that my body feels good, you know, wherever you can find it. It orients us to a much better day and a much higher sense of well-being. And again, you can always find something to be satisfied with and grateful with. The other thing the guides say is by tuning our attention to gratitude and satisfaction. And satisfaction is a super nice word because it's just a little bit less encumbered than gratitude, but you can use them interchangeably. When we focus on what already feels good, what's already in our lives, what is already streaming, what is already there, what is already bringing us joy, the ways in which we are already experiencing well-being. The good thing about that or the value in that, the guides say, is that it reorients us to our own inner magnificence. It feeds us. It raises our vibration. I want to get this from the guides because I don't think I'm getting it quite right, but they say, go ahead. All right, is there anything else? They say, yes. It orients you back towards the truth. I love that. So when we're in that appreciative space, it orients us back towards the truth. And the truth of who and what you are, even if everything in your external world is telling you otherwise, right? And if you look at my beautiful grandfather's story, there was so much in his world that was telling him that that world was a mess and that he was a mess. I mean, he was starving. He was persecuted. He was afraid for his life. My uncle just recently told me that during the programs, they used to have to go into these tunnels and caves under their village and hide for days at a time where there was nothing to eat but raw potatoes, right? So pretty bleak, pretty bleak, right? And yet my grandfather says even in those moments, they would always find something, something to be grateful for. The potato, the fact that the rat didn't crawl over your toe, right? The fact that the bombing stopped, the fact that nobody found them this time, the fact that the baby was birthed quietly and safely and was okay. He said, you could always reorient yourself to what was going right. And it became a survival mechanism to tune into what was good and well, rather than what was wrong. And he's telling me that his deepest learning in that life was that, and that is the greatest gift that he hoped to impart to all of his loved ones moving forward, and that he hopes that he has. And I know, Gramps, that you have to varying degrees understanding of course that we're all able to take in a lesson to the extent that we are able to take it in but I think he knocked this one out of the park and I love him So for you all to remember that story, and again, look, if you have had not a life growing up starving, eating tree bark, and hiding under your village, eating potato peels to avoid pogroms, you know, that does not mean that your suffering is not real, because I always say when it's happening to you, whatever is happening to you, and I know so many of you beautiful souls that listen to this podcast have also experienced real struggle, both personally and vicariously, because unfortunately, up until now, there's a lot of drama to be had on this earth. And that has been the way of learning on earth for such a very long time. It is shifting now. And again, these teachings on gratitude and appreciation are part of that shift. They're part of that shift. And they're part of us helping to find the stream of light that exists even in the darkness, even in the darkness. And that is what my grandfather is here to help us and the guides as well (laughs) impart to you because we all got it. We all have it within us. And he wants me to end this episode with a song, which is not my intention, Gramps. <laughs> but if you insist, we might sing a duet. Ah, do I have to do it now? Oh my goodness. All right. He's going to sing the song through me. So here we go. So one of my favorite ways of connecting with my beautiful grandfather, and I'm just going to let it flow and we'll make sense of it later on. One of the most beautiful ways of connecting with my beautiful grandfather is the beautiful song that he used to sing to me as a child. And uh, we used to sing it to each other. So who's going to sing first? All right. He's going to sing to me first, so you're going to hear me singing to me about me, and then I'm going to sing back, and and we'll see if you love this song as much as I do, and please, when you're hearing this song, put your very own name in there, put your very own name in the words, because you deserve this one, too. Are you ready? Here we go. My grandfather sings, I'm in love with you, Vicky, say you love me too, Vicky, no one else will do vicky it's funny but it's true loved you from the start vicky bless your little heart vicky every day will be so sunny with vicky and me oh that did sound like my beautiful grandfather's voice I got to take in a virtual hug right now, and then I'll be right back with y'all, or should I say interdimensional hug? (laughs) I love you, Gramps. All right, now I'm going to sing it back, and uh, it occurs to me that, you know, when this happened, when both of us were in human form before he crossed over, we'd be singing this together, but here goes the reply, and Gramps, this one's for you. And it's also for my dad and really for everyone out there that needs to remember that they are loved. All right, here we go. I'm in love with you, Gramps. Say you love me too, Gramps. No one else will do, Gramps. It's funny, but it's true. Loved you from the start, Gramps. Bless your big old heart, Gramps. Every day will be so sunny with Gramps and me. All righty, then. You got some singing, you got some gratitude, you got some love, and you got, I hope, a deep understanding and appreciation for your humanness, for your journey, for the love and the light of your soul that is shining through you at every moment, even when you forget that it's there. Even when you forget that it's there. And to know too, my beautiful friends, that the appreciation that I feel for my grandfather, for my life, for everything also extends to you. So grateful to be able to walk on this earth with each and every one of you too. So much appreciation, so much gratitude for every aspect of my journey and uh, every life that I touch or am touched by. (laughs) (laughs) for real. So, so grateful to all of you. You know, I end almost every episode saying it because I really mean it. Uh, It is such an honor and a joy to get to do what I love to do. And thank you so much for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. Thank you so much again, and namaste.
0: I'm Victoria Moran. Since we
1: launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion.